You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This is your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State, and I am your host, Josh Rayleigh and I'm coming to you this week live from uh, not really deer camp, but kind of like uh, Thanksgiving camp, I guess you could say, down in Alabama. Uh, tradition for my family is to get together right around the Thanksgiving holiday, um, you know, and spend a little bit of time hanging out together, spend a little bit of time hunting together. Uh, we always take Thanksgiving Day off, but, uh, you know, outside of that, we do a fair amount of hunting. Uh, my dad was able to take my oldest and my middle child out with him yesterday and they were actually able to harvest a deer so my kids got to be in on their very first deer harvest which is fantastic both the kids are hooked I was not able to get out I was at a a different function but uh you know looking forward to getting out over the next couple of days but uh, hey thanks for tuning in this week really appreciate that I know you know a lot of you have been grinding away for um Wisconsin's firearm season and man for those of you who have tagged out congratulations it has been some tough weather uh some tough hunting uh, after you know I've talked to several guys who've really had a rough go of it this year but uh man some beautiful bucks still uh have been hitting the ground and so congrats to you if you've had luck in this week's episode I'm talking with Matt Strime from Weathered Oaks Game Calls if you've been listening to the show for a while you're familiar with Matt uh, he's a good dude. Uh, they make an awesome turkey call. This man, they make a fantastic grunt call. So I was using one of their grunt tubes this year and really, really like the sound that I was able to get out of that. I think they're done making them right now. You can still get some at their website, weatheroaksgamecalls.com. They make great stocking stuffers. 
or if you're like me and you kind of you know basically lose a grunt call at the you know some point during the season every year uh yeah head over there and grab one of those from them very realistic sounding i don't like the ones that typically come from walmart that have that sort of plasticky sound to them uh or you know they'll make them super super deep which i mean if you've hunted for a long time sure you've heard you know a real deep buck growl or something like that but the more common grunts that you hear in the woods uh are not that you know bleh, just real long extended thing and you know so this grunt call that weather oaks makes um gives a really good really natural sound to the call so but matt and i got together uh virtually obviously i'm here in alabama but i wanted to catch up with him and hear a little bit about his firearms hunting so the guy loves turkey hunting but he all man he loves deer hunting as well and so we were able to talk about his firearm season so far. He hunted hard Saturday, hunted hard Sunday, and actually took today off. So I was able to catch up with him this morning before he headed back out into the woods for the afternoon. Well, he didn't take all of today off. He took the morning off. And uh, yeah, so hoping he was able to get it done. Before we jump in, though, I do want to say a thanks to our partners. First of all, Tacticam, they are the makers of the best point of view cameras for hunters and anglers their new 6.0 camera man if you haven't tried it out you gotta do it if you're thinking about trying to film your hunts this is the only way to go they're super light they're super compact they make adapters and mounts for these cameras that are you know second to none out there it gives you 4k 60 frame per second footage everything you could want right there in the camera one of the things that i'm super pumped about is their fts system with firearms seasons kicking off especially i'm going to be doing a lot of rifle hunting in the south from basically now until february uh unless by some miracle i tag out first uh that film through the scope system fts system is going to allow me to film straight through my scope on my 30-06 so it's going to basically turn my scope into a camera uh, which is going to be pretty sweet. So go check them out, tacticam.com. Next up, Huntworth. It has been absolutely frigid temps in Wisconsin for the last couple of days. I'm not super sad that I'm missing out on some of that. But uh, yeah, so cold temps, you got to have something that's going to keep you out in the woods. Well, Huntworth's new heat boost gear with graphene infused fabric is awesome. This stuff kept me warm when I was hunting there in Wisconsin. Looking forward to trying that out here in the south as we have you know, major swings. So one day it'll be 70 degrees, the next day it'll be 30 degrees, 25 degrees. And when you have a shift that that drastic, where that 25 feels real cold. I've been wearing their heat boost line, specifically the Saskatoon pants and jacket and vest, and it has kept me toasty warm. Right now they've got an awesome sale going on, Black Friday through Cyber Monday, 30% off of all the items, including the heat boost line. Just use the code HUNT, 30CY. And that is HUNT30CY, all caps on that code. It'll get you 30% off of anything from their website. Next up, Deer Lab. They're the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. It lets you store, organize, analyze all of your trail camera data right there in one place. I love the fact that when I go to put my trail camera data on my computer, uh, guys, if you could just imagine the number of files and stuff that I'm keeping on these computers these days as I'm doing all the podcasting and all the photos and all that stuff. Uh, but when it comes to my trail camera data, I don't have to worry about where that's going to live. I upload it all to Deer Lab and it lives there forever, right? Like it just stays online. So I don't have to worry about it cluttering up my computer. They have tons of great features. You can go to their website, DeerLab.com to learn more. You can also get your 30-day free trial when you go there. 
After your 30 day free trial, when you're ready to purchase, use the code WISCONSIN, all caps, and that's gonna get you 20% off of any of their plans. And then finally, Onyx, my most used piece of hunting equipment, by far the Onyx Hunt app. As we get into the late season here with the Onyx Hunt app, one of the things that I'm gonna be keying in on is their tree species layer. Now what this allows you to do is take a chunk of timber, like I'm gonna be hunting in Georgia, and see what kind of trees are growing in a specific area. So it'll tell you if these are typically mast producing trees, which can really, really be beneficial when you're hunting huge blocks of what looks like pretty monotonous timber. Can kind of show you, hey, we expect some oaks to be right around in here. At least gives me a starting point on the map, right? You can find the Onyx Hunt app at your preferred app store. And if you're not already signed up, you can get a seven day free trial. I'm a huge fan of their elite membership. What that allows you to have is maps and layers for all 50 states for one low fee. So go check them out. Like I said, you can find them on your preferred app store or you can go to their website, onyxmaps.com. With that said, let's get into today's show with Matt Strime of Weathered Oaks Game Calls. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining me for this week's episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is Matt Strime from Weathered Oaks Game Calls. Matt, what's going on, man? Not much, buddy. What's up with you? Oh, you know, another day. I, I have not been able to do any hunting for the uh, gun season uh, in Wisconsin, which is sad. So I'm feeling pretty bummed. I'm living vicariously through all of you who are up there, and I'm watching Instagram, and it's like everyone in Wisconsin is killing deer um, during this gun season. So uh, I'm feeling pretty sad, but, hey, I wanted to have you on so I could live through your life. And, uh, yeah, you can take me along with me. So... Uh, what, what's been going on? What's been new uh, with you guys, especially over at Weathered Oaks Game Calls? You guys had a run of grunt tubes this year. Yep, yeah, we launched uh, grunt tubes for the fall, a little later than expected due to supply chain issues. But, uh, yeah, we launched uh, a limited batch, and, yeah, I mean, they, they, they sold great. We only got a few left in stock, and hopefully going to push those for Black Friday and, you know, get some stocking stuffers to some people, so... Very cool. Yeah, they're they're a nice call, man. So you sent me one, and they're not like okay. So every year, I have to buy a new grunt call because every year it's just one of those things that I lose, like that, and my skinning knife. You know, <clears throat> I use a cheaper outdoor edge replaceable blade knife, and so every year there's like a handful of little things that I have to rebuy, and a grunt call is typically one of them. But as I took that one out into the woods, it's like handcrafted made of wood i'm like i'm not losing this thing like this one this one is this one is coming back out of the timber with me and uh and it did i didn't lose it so as of right now i know exactly where it's at i'm feeling pretty good <laughs> so. well it's awesome thanks for uh thanks for using the product man it's uh <laughs> it's cool so tell me a little <laughs> bit about the the sound is very different and so i've never used a nicer like wooden mouthpiece call for for a grunt tube and the sound was very different than like the plastic stuff you buy from Walmart. So tell me a little bit about how you guys kind of crafted those and like maybe what's different that goes into it. Sure, yeah, we um, we made a few grunt calls beforehand just to kind of demo and see what woods would take better and settled on a couple of different woods. And I believe they sound different due, same with turkey calls, um, due to like, the different porousness of the wood, the densities of the wood. Um, and you can, you know, another key to that is install height when it comes to how far away the reed is from the, the tip of the tube where you blow in. Um, so we, 
we did a lot of tweaking and adjusting and thought we settled on a pretty, we didn't even settle. We came up with a great, great lineup and, you know, I think it worked pretty good. Sounds great and pretty durable. Yeah, for sure. I, I like the, it's one of the, I mean, it's the most natural sounding call that I've ever heard. I mean, you, I, you know, always buying the calls from like Walmart or something like that. You get the the big one, like the buck roar. And it's like, dude, this is way deeper and way more intense than almost any buck grunting that I've ever heard. I mean, you may have had like that one time in your life where you hear one just rip one and it's just like out in the timber, but that's not typically what you hear, you know? And like, so to me, I've always been like, this just seems unnatural, but you guys, I mean, you nailed it with just well, really thank you. appreciate that. So, um, and that's, that's what we were shooting for. So, yeah. So what, what kind of wood did you settle on as like, Hey, this is kind of the sweet spot for us. So it's, um, it's mostly the more dense woods. Um, you know, like the white oaks, uh, we did make a couple of red oaks, which are a little softer on the, on the sound. Um, and then we did, so we did white oak, red oak, uh, walnut, just cause it's that classic natural, um, like rustic kind of look, um, but still a great sound. And then we actually made up a couple of Osage orange ones, which is a super dense wood. Very cool. So that's kind of what we went with. Very cool, man. So you're, you do have a few more. So folks are looking for the stocking stuffer, then they can still grab one. Yep, exactly. Uh, website's updated. Uh, we got a few left in stock. We're done turning them for the year. We're switching to turkey calls now. So Okay, and that website is weatheredoaksgamecalls.com. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Look, it looks yep. good too, man. I'm sitting here looking at your website right now. Like, I, I think one of the last times we talked, you didn't have a website up yet. And so you guys went from not having one to like, oh, wow, that's a really nice website. <laughs> Thanks. It was uh, – yeah, I had a lot of help with that. I'm not a tech-savvy person. I'm a guy who works with my hands, so okay. <laughs> I had a little bit of help setting that one up. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, man, did you do this by yourself? Because it looks really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need some help with mine, too, so maybe I'll maybe I'll ask you who you, uh, who you found to help with it. But, man, the reason that I wanted to have you on, <clears throat> uh, well, first of all, you and I haven't caught up in a while. Like, it's been a little bit too long. Uh, but second of all, I wanted to hear the story of how your gun hunt has gone for, for the opening weekend. I mean, you know, I'm down here. I was in Georgia for part of the time. Then I was in Alabama and this is all in a weekend. So I started in Georgia, went to Alabama, went to Louisiana. Now I'm back in Alabama, finally settling in. I'm going to get to do a little bit of hunting down here, um, on the family property. So that that's good. I'll get to get out with a firearm, but it's not, Wisconsin, there's no snow on the ground. I think today it's going to be somewhere around 65 or 66 degrees for the high. So, you know, it's it's very, very different. So walk me through kind of your uh, your opener. First of all, what what kind of land are you hunting? Kind of remind me of your hunting scenario. You guys are hunting uh, private, is that correct? Yep, correct, private land. Is it family property or is it just something you and some buddies kind of have together? It's uh, actually a chunk of property. My in-laws have been hunting since they were kids, and uh, I was fortunate enough last year to get the invite to come out and gun hunt, and then uh, you know hopefully keep gun hunting there for the foreseeable future. So very cool. Is that the place you got your gun buck last year? No, my bull buck. No. Oh, you're, it's, uh, you're okay. That I got in a. Yep. So I got uh, I got that buck on uh, another chunk of private closer to home. That I've been hunting for a few years, so. Gotcha. Gotcha. So how many people are hunting this, this piece at this point? 
I'd say give or take eight or nine people. Okay. Um, it's, it's a bigger, bigger chunk of land. So it's, it holds, you could probably fit five, six more guys on this chunk of property. So just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the Wisconsin sportsman podcast is brought to you by Tacticam makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge, making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that is a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions, you know just how frustrating it can be to try to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of mounts and adapters. This fall, I'm going to be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with the 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com, and share your hunt with Tacticam. What, um, is it yep. like the typical deer camp atmosphere? I mean, you know, growing up in the South, we had deer camp, but things are, I don't know, it's just different. When you have a, a hunting season that starts, you know, mid-November and lasts all the way through the end of January, uh, you know, deer, deer camp is just different. It doesn't quite have the same nostalgia and like, you know, you're not like, oh, we got these nine days together, let's do it. It's like, boy, we got three and a half months that so we've got to grind through a, a deer season, you know? Um <laughs> So tell me about like the camp atmosphere and maybe like, what are your, what are like your favorite things that you look forward to when it comes to deer camp every year? Sure. Um, I will say this deer camp is a hybrid of what you normally think of Northwoods deer camp compared to like a bull hunting uh, during the week at a local property. So like that hybrid between the two, um, it's roughly a little over an hour from my place. There's no permanent resident there for us to stay on, so we have to drive every day. So our um, our deer camp is tweaked to the point where I stay at the in-laws' house, which is a house, and then we have a, a routine. It's we call it the three, four, five. Wake up at three, leave the door at four, to the farm by five, so we're in our stand by five thirty. Um, so it's a lot more driving, not as much you know typical up north deer camp partying afterwards because you know you got to wake <laughs> up early again. To, to do all that. We, you know, we get, we get some beers and stuff in, but, um, yeah, so that's our, that's ours. It's, it's, you know, migrated through the years of my hunting career, started out with the typical deer camp. Um, then I went a few years where, uh, we couldn't hunt the property. We hunted up North. So it was a lot of staying at my house, going to my bow hunting properties, which wasn't as fun because the tradition really isn't there Yeah. to now that hybrid where I'm not necessarily a bad thing that I'm away from the family or a good thing, but I'm, I'm close enough where I can come home if I need to. Um, and having a family and a kid, that's kind of nice. You know, you miss your, miss your kid and your, your wife every once in a while. So. Oh, for sure, man. And it makes it that much more difficult to like make the long trip, you know? Yep. Like I, and I, I feel like I can hunt more. I feel like I can hunt more now because I'm closer to home. You know, I took today off and we'll be back out at it tomorrow and, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's a little more flexible where I'm not up North for nine days. Yeah. So um, what went into the, honey, the honey do list done? Yeah. What went into that, your idea to take the morning off? Cause when I, so I went up and did the whole rutcation thing, man. And I just burned the candle at both ends. And there were a couple of instances where I was like, all right, I got, I got to take a step back or I'm going to lose my mind. Like, 
physically, I'm just going to break and mentally I'm going to break and this is just not going to be good. So you decided to take the morning off. What, what, what kind of went into that and what are you doing to like maybe have one of those reset moments where you can still hunt effectively over the next couple of days rather than just, you know, totally collapsing. Sure. So my, my reset moment is just because it's like, I, I take gun season differently than bow season. Both season, I'm dedicated to one or two bucks. I'm real patient. I play the wind. When you look at Wisconsin gun season, it's nine days. So my my you know expectations go down. My what the class of deer I'm looking for goes down because you're trying to collaborate a hundred day bow season into a nine day gun season yeah. to tag a buck. So that it made the decision easy for me. We two all day sits. Um, my father in law just got back from Colorado Friday night. So he was on no sleep and, you know, I don't mind a reset every once in a while because two days in a row of all day sits, especially in that brutal cold yesterday, I'm still cold right now just from that. <laughs> like, it was easy to make a reset, you know, especially being close, you know, being a closer property to hunt. Um, if I was up north, yeah, I'd be in the woods right now suffering through it. So, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the, the temps, man. So I, I mean, I haven't kept up with things a ton. I've been trying to plan a trip here to to Alabama and figure out how all of that's going to work. And, you know, I just, I feel like I just got home from my trip to Wisconsin and then trying to get everything organized and straight so that we can leave again so that I can hunt again here in Alabama. Um, you know, what were the, what were the weather conditions like? I, I thought at first I was like, I'm looking at pictures. I'm like, Oh, snow on the ground. Like, cool temperatures like this should be awesome and then i get on the line with you and you're like dude it's brutal so uh it was not what i thought it was for for you so tell me about the conditions sure yeah we got uh uh we usually don't get snow on the ground down where we hunt for opening day so it was nice we had snow earlier in the week um our all our expectations are high until we looked at the wind forecast for saturday morning which was sustained you know 20 mile an hour winds with snow squalls and gusts coming through to be honest, made it a miserable all day sit. Yeah. So whoever tagged out opening morning, man, I give you guys props because the deer by us were were not moving like they should have been moving. So, mm. and like the temperature was tw- just under twenty degrees. Um, yeah, coupled with the snow and the wind, it, it was a rough morning. It was it was a rough sit. So yeah, any heaters or anything like that in the blind, or you guys are just like roughing it. So I used to rough it try to prove my toughness or whatever. Nope. I brought the ice fishing buddy heater out this year and uh, it, it, it paid its dues for sure, man. It ran out of propane the first day and like, I got to bring more in for tomorrow. And yeah, it's a lifesaver for sure. Yeah. What are you doing to like grind through the, through like the, the, an all day sit, man. Like, I don't know, mentally during bow season, you know, an all day sit, I'm like, okay, it, it's the rut. Like, that's why I'm here. You know, I would have a harder time. I feel like sitting in a blind all day and I don't know what that is. It, it could just be because when I'm rifle hunting, I'm more inclined to like, let's all head back and grab some lunch together. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that classic camaraderie piece. So like, what are you doing to make it through the day? Uh, especially when it's just brutal. Like what keeps you in the stand? Um, the fact that I don't want to drive an hour home and then drive an hour back. (laughs) (laughs) So I usually make the stuff out some all day sits, you know? Yeah. Uh, But no, you just, you come prepared, you know, I bring a book out, bring, you know, I brought work out. I'm writing another article. So I'm writing 
you know, writing in the woods, um, lots of snacks and lunch and stuff like that. And to be honest, when the turkeys are roaming around, it gives you something to watch in the slow times in the middle of the day. There you go. How often, like you start seeing turkeys moving around, like how often are you like slipping? Cause man, I I was like (laughs) bow hunting this year, man. I, I had a buddy texting me being like, dude, I'm hearing turkeys gobble. And like my mind starts drifting and then boom, some turkeys come through and I'm, I'm grabbing my bow, you know, I'm like, eh, I'm going to go ahead and get a turkey out of this deal. <laughs> so like, I mean, I'm super easily distracted. So I know you, a guy that loves to turkey hunt, how, how, how quick is your mind starting to drift to spring? Um, I'm making a lot of mental notes on what they're doing and where they're roosting and you know, anything, any intel I can get year round on turkeys is, is always helpful. Yeah. So. Do you do much fall turkey hunting or no? It's mostly, uh, you know, the, like you were saying, bull hunting, uh, happen to see you undergo. I mean, the amount of turkeys I saw, I may take an afternoon off and go tuck on the ground somewhere and try to get a, a ball bird. Um, cause there's so many turkeys on this property. So yeah, that's kind of what we do. We, you know, we, we flip back and forth, but. So you said you're, you said you're working on an article right now. What, what is that? Can you, can you give any information on that? I won't give much about what it's about. No, no, not top secret at all. I've, uh, not the podcast drop. I've written a couple articles for the OKS hunter guys. Um, and we were spitballing some ideas with Eric over there. And I got another one that I'm in the works of writing, but I'm old school. So I actually handwrite everything down and then transfer it to paper or transfer it to the computer. So I'm in the process of handwriting it down now. Um, if it turns out, it'll get published. Uh, you know, trying to get ideas out of your head to your to your paper sometimes is a little trickier than than it, it's let on. So, oh yeah, very cool, man. Yes, that the OKS Hunter guys, man. I I love their show. I love the work that they do. I love their whole their whole vibe when it comes to hunting, man. It just it feels like what it's supposed to be. You know, yep. Sort of takes you back. I but. couldn't agree more. So talk to me a little bit about your your gun hunting strategy. I feel like there's such a shift there, um, but really maybe there shouldn't be in my mind mentally. Like, you know, when you go from hunting the rut with a bow to the very next day you're gun hunting, I feel like a lot of times there's like, okay, it's a whole new weapon. I got to shift and change everything that I'm doing. So number one, do you bow hunt this property that you also gun hunt? And number two, what's your strategy look like? Like, are you trying to play off the tail end of the rut? Are you trying to just get where you can see a lot? Are you hunting forced movement or are you trying to hunt natural movement? Cause I know there's, there's some properties that they're like, we don't hunt natural movement at all. We're, we're totally banking on the pressure around us to, to push deer through. Sure. This, uh, I, I do, I do bull hunt this property. I only hunted it once or twice this year, just due to the drive and, you know, planning and how busy all our schedules were. I I take it as an accelerated bow season. So, you know, normal travel corridors, you know, bedding areas. Um, We have permanent stands in certain locations because of that. Um, And it's a big enough property where outside pressure really doesn't affect these deer much. Mm. So what we do is we, it's like an accelerated thing. So instead of a bow hunt, you go in your first day, you stay kind of far away, get some intel, then you move a little closer you know, for your next sit, you see where they're still traveling, you know, a little tighter into the bedding area. And your third day, you move in even closer and hopefully get a shot on it. What we have now is a different weapon, which takes 200 yards of your two days. 
and gets you there right away. So you're able to sit back a little bit farther, observe more, and you can still reach out and touch them. Um, you know, get something in within 200 yards. You're never, you're not even going to pick up your bull, bull hunting. 200 yards of the gun is not a big deal anymore yeah. with the technology and, you know, weapons like that. So it's almost like an accelerated new bull hunt. Like you get to go out there and instead of spending two days observing, your two days observing is the weapon you take out. Yeah. So that helps us out quite a bit. They were in historically good spots, you know, off of bedding and near egg fields and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, that's really interesting. So one of the, I mean, I, I love the whole deer drive thing and actually, you know, growing up in Alabama, we, we did, um, our drives were always different because we're, we're not driving like a, 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 a valley with timber in it or a ridge with timber on it or whatever. We were driving plantation pines, which is, you know, a, a thousand acres worth of pine trees. It's like, where are the deer going to come out? We don't know. And so they would drive with dogs a lot of times. So just a very, you know, hunting forced movement is so different than hunting deer and their, their natural movement patterns. So you're saying that this property, does, you don't get a lot of outside influence, I guess you could say. Have you done a lot of hunting in places where there's like a ton of forced movement? Or like, because I, I mean, one good example, like I've watched the THP videos where they're hunting that property in Wisconsin. I think it's like 15 acres or 20 acres or something like that. And basically from the moment the sun comes up, deer are just running everywhere, just sprint, you know, sprinting through this property. Have you done a lot of that kind of hunting? Um, yes, not on this property. Uh, usually, like when we used to hunt up north in the Northwoods, your best times were between 10 and 2. And it wasn't because that's when deer decided to get up and walk around. It was uh, people got too cold, so they get out of their stand, walk through all the woods, go to their truck at 10 o'clock, go get lunch, come back in at 2. So they'd bump them at 10 and then bump them at 2 and they came back in. Then you had your natural morning and evening light. <clears throat> we don't see much of that there, um, but we do. I mean, we do see it because it's uh, a not pressured property where we had we have deer moving all day long because they they feel comfortable enough to naturally move all day long. Sure, sure. What do you you mentioned earlier that your standards are a little bit different because this is such a condensed uh, season, right? What are your standards that you're looking for when it comes to gun hunting as opposed to uh, a bow hunting. Cause you know, I've always heard people say, you know, they see a smaller buck or whatever and they say, Oh, he'd be a good bow buck, but I'm not going to shoot him with a rifle. You're kind of the opposite. You're like, eh, I'm not going to shoot him with a, yep. I'm not going to shoot I'm, him with a bow, but I'll shoot him with a rifle. Cause I got three days to get it done. You know what I mean? So tell me a little bit yep. about how your thought process works there. And then what, what are your standards and how do they differ? Sure. Bull hunting to me is a giant hundred day long chess game. You know, I, it's, it's easy to get on small bucks bull hunting. And to me, I, I like the challenge where I want to challenge myself to, you know, get a big buck or get the target buck that I'm after try to figure him out. Um, so I'm more patient, more cautious, and it, it's worth more to me when I get that. Cause I have the, you know, the whole season to do it. Uh, when it comes to gun season, my, my standards drop down to that typical, beautiful up North, just at the ears, eight pointer. Like yeah. that's my trophy, trophy gun hunting buck for Wisconsin. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pass up a giant if it happens to walk through just to try to get that. <laughs> but my standards get lowered. <laughs> my, my standards get lowered <clears throat> due to the condensed amount of time. Yeah. 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 You see a giant step out. It's like, ah, you're not the eight pointer I'm here for. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got about a hundred inches too much. I want to get something smaller. Yeah, I need, I need to get I need to get closer <laughs> to that ninety five inch mark. And then then we'll be then we'll be good to go. So, man, that that's really cool. I um, yeah. I, I again, I've always heard it the opposite direction where folks are like, eh, you know, he'd be a good bow buck, but with a with my gun, that's not really what I um what I'm after or what I'm looking to do. So, this episode is brought to you by the Onyx Hunt app. Onyx gives you up to date landowner information color-coded public and private land boundaries, and gives you a ton of tools to help you hunt smarter. One tool I'm loving right now is their optimal wind feature, which lets you set the optimal wind for a given location, then tells you in real time whether the wind is good, bad, or just okay for that spot. You can try it risk-free for seven days right now. Just download the Onyx Hunt app on your preferred app store today. This episode is brought to you by Deer Lab, the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab gives you a simple way to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data. Deer Lab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them like deer or turkeys or people. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target. And you can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a great feature if you're like me and you forget to correct the time on your camera. Head over to DeerLab.com now for your free 30-day trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to purchase, you can use the code WISCONSIN, all caps, at checkout for 20% off of any of their plans. What kind of uh, what kind of movement did you guys see day one? Day one, um, where I was set up, I saw two deer, and they were the next field over. Um, but not a lot of movement, high winds, a lot of snow. I think those deer were hunkered down. My brother-in-law sat a couple hundred yards away from me, and he has mostly shooting into a thicket. And he said he saw a lot of deer run around in the thicket. Uh, they weren't going out in the open fields or anything like that. But overall, very slow opening day for us on our property. But Is the that... next day, Sunday, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, as I say, it changed drastically on Sunday where we had, you know, mostly bluebird skies, a lot less wind and a lot more cold. Those deer were on their feet. I think I had two hours of the day where I didn't see anything. So, yeah. So when I talk to people about Wisconsin gun hunting. Um, you know, a lot of those does are being bred right around that middle of November mark. I saw an absolute giant on the tail of a doe last year, the day before opening, uh, before the firearms opener, but I was already tagged out at that point. Uh, and then of course I didn't see him on the opener. Uh, that's just how it works. Um, and I've heard folks say like, okay, you know, the, the rut's going on and things kind of get better and better really as it, as it goes on. And then all of a sudden gun hunting comes in and it shuts the rut down, at least the daytime rut movement. What have you guys seen on your property where you're hunting? Like you still see a lot of rutting activity and does that influence how you're hunting or is it more like, well, the weapon in hand is going to have a bigger influence on the, the way that I'm trying to set up on the deer. Um, we saw a lot of pushing, uh, smaller bucks chasing does around, um, a lot, seems like a lot more rut activity than in years past, um, for being in the gun season. It, it doesn't really change our tactics much, especially when the weather's terrible. I'm not going to sit in a tree stand in 40 mile an hour winds. I'm going to sit in a box with a heater. <laughs> um, so it, it changes a little that way. Uh, if we, you know, we get constant intel of a, a nicer buck or, you know, they aren't traveling in front of our boxes and we get a, a, a better day, you know, call me a Sally or whatever for not wanting to be cold for an all day sit, but you know, we'll, we'll make a move. We'll, we'll 
get a tree stand in there and try to get a little closer to the action. But to be honest, it's, it's, it's kind of cool seeing rutting activity still, um, especially in the woods. Yeah. And that, that's not typical for, for this time of year for you guys. No, usually not. You'll catch, you know, maybe, maybe catch one tending a doe and then you see it one day and then no bucks the rest of the day, everybody's back on feeding patterns or whatever. But this year, I mean, we didn't, we haven't had snow for an opening gun down here in years. So it's got snow and we got rotten bucks. So it's the perfect combo so far. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit about what your, um, what your early November was like, like were you seeing a lot of, you know, what you would consider typical rutting activity last week of October, first two weeks of November, because, um, I did not see a ton of what I would consider rutting activity. And now that you're still seeing some, it's like, okay, was it, was something pushing it back Did the warm temperatures have a little bit of an influence. And so we weren't seeing a lot of daytime rutting activity. And now we kind of are with this colder weather pushing through. Yeah, we, my, uh, my late October, early November was extremely uneventful. Thought we were in some good transition areas, some good pinch points and funnels. And I saw one shooter buck uh, right around October 31st and never saw another shooter buck the whole time. Um, so it was definitely different than years past. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if we just didn't have the bucks on property this year, but it was, it's definitely, and I've heard that from some other people that it was a later rut this year. Um, so it's kind of nice that they're moving a little bit now where I'm getting like repaid all my, bull hunting time for the rut and I'm getting some of that <laughs> rut activity in the gun season. So, yeah. so how much more then do you have to do? Uh, so you're heading back out this afternoon. You were like, so we were going to record last night and you were, you were like, Hey, tomorrow actually works better for me. And I was like, thank you Lord, because I feel like I'm dying right now. I'm exhausted. And I'm so glad that he wants to record tomorrow <laughs> instead. Uh, so we rescheduled for today and you were like, Hey, anytime before noon, because I'm heading back out there. So how many more days do you have? Like, are you hitting the ground running again and going to hit it hard? Or are you kind of, uh, you know, opening weekends behind you and you're just kind of going to do what you can until, until it's over? Um, a little bit of a, a little bit of both. So I got some stuff to catch up around the house. I got some work to do for the business, which is nice. I got a break going on. I take care of some of that stuff, but we'll be back out it, you know, this afternoon, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, take a break for Thanksgiving, do some family stuff. And then we Black Friday is usually all day hunts right after Thanksgiving. And then if we don't have anything down, that's when, you know, we do some little tiny deer pushes through some thick stuff. And we'll do that this weekend, this coming weekend for, um, for the tail end. So, yeah. So you said there, those are tiny pushes. Like, what does that look like? Is it more like a wind bump or is it, you know, what does that look like for you? Um, when I say tiny pushes, you know, most people think of a big deer drive of having 10, 15 guys walking a whole half of a property and then 10 more guys, you know, posted up as shooters. Uh, we, we hunt with a smaller group. So this is one guy set up in a stand and we'll push a bedding area to that guy. One or two guys will push it or one guy will push it. We'll have two shooters. It's a lot more small scale, just, uh, just to force a little bit of movement. Um, but we don't like to do that early on just let the deer be natural, you know, let try to get, not try to get them, you know, on natural movement. So, yeah. Yeah. So are you going to pull out the, the muzzle, you do any muzzle loader hunting or anything like that after the, 
gun season's over, or will you be switching back to bow? So I don't have a muzzle loader. Um, where I bow hunt is a metro unit. So I, in theory, could go back there with a shotgun. So they extend, you can't shoot a muzzle loader where I hunt. Gotcha. Um, so they extend the gun season for like a metro gun season, which you can just use a shotgun for the whole muzzle loader season. So we'll either do that, depending on the results of the rest of this week, or yeah, we'll pick up the bow because I got a buck tag to fill the bow yet. So yeah. So what's the what's the plan? Do you have one on one of these other properties that you're matching wits with, or is this a year that it's just kind of like ah, I don't know. I got to hope for one to walk by. Um, we our expectations went down a little bit this year. So before season started, our number one shooter buck got hit by a car oh. and actually walked walked up or stumbled up to the property owner where we hunt property and they gave us a call. So we went through the whole process with the game warden and the local uh, police and we were actually able to get that deer. Um, so that, that was the picture you got him. Was that, that was the picture you yep, sent me? That oh. was the picture. Oh man. Okay. Yep. Dude, what a hard So we went through all the, oh, I was, and we actually found sheds last year from him and it was, he was our up and comer. You know, he put on probably 50 inches of antler. It just, it was just incredible. So at least, at least we got the deer and didn't, you know, have that question mark in our life of whatever happened to this guy. But it also took a little bit of the the wind out of our sails going into the season, having to do more research, you know, research and figure out what was out there. But there's still two, two deer out there that are definitely worthy of an arrow. So. Okay. All right. Do you have a good, uh, good understanding of what they're doing on the property or is it, are they just kind of those that, you're like, ah, they're here, but I don't know what they're doing. I thought I did going into the rut in the season, but we, um, <laughs> they, uh, that's how they, it always they goes. were playing on a different chessboard. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They were playing on a different chessboard than I was. So, oh, man. uh, hopefully late season, they're a little more patternable. We can, uh, get out of for late season. So, yeah. How does this property where you, where you do a lot of your bow hunting, how does it lay out for the late season? I've talked to a lot of guys lately who are like, really singing the, you know, starting to sing the blues a little bit. Cause they're like, dude, once, once late season rolls around, my properties are dead. So if I don't get it done in the next week or so, I'm out of luck, you know? So how do, how do the, how do your properties lay out for late season? No, uh, we're, we're fortunate on the two properties I bull hunt. Um, they have egg fields and bedding very close to the egg fields. So it's more of a matter of sneaking in and getting in the right spot when they're feeding. Um, so we usually have pretty solid success late season if we weren't able to harvest, uh, early season or the rut. So, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, man, I'm gosh, I wish I could have made it back to Wisconsin for the gun season. There was, there was a chance, you know, at at one point where, uh, the deer that I ended up taking in Wisconsin this year, uh, I shot him on day three. So there was this chance where it's like, okay, I can get back home in time where it's like early enough in November where I can then turn around and come back for the gun season without like making my wife hate me and um, making my kids feel like I, I have abandoned them. Um, but when that hunt just continued to drag on, it was like, okay, this gun season thing is a pipe dream for me this year. Like it's just not going to happen. But uh, so I'm down here in Alabama. Now you're getting ready to go out. What's the temperature there? Uh, today it's in the thirties. So definitely a lot warmer. Looks like it's going to be tickling upper thirties for a few days this week. So a lot more favorable for doing some longer sits. Okay. So hopefully right. it doesn't affect deer movement that much, but yeah. you should, you should be all right. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go out and, uh, it's going to be tickling the upper sixties 
and I'm going to be hunting deer that are on a full-on early season pattern. They are bed to feed, uh, you know, starting to hit the food plots finally as the acorns start to dry up, and uh, the rut is nowhere on their mind until late January, early February. So uh, very different hunting scenario, but uh, good luck to you, man. I hope you uh, I hope you get one this afternoon. I want you to get one this afternoon so you could just be done and post the pictures and be happy and, uh, you know, send me one of those photos and I can be like, hey, man, look, you got one. So, uh, but yeah, good luck to you, buddy. <laughs> hey. Yeah, uh, thanks, man. So question for you for the spring. Can you divulge much of what's coming down the the, the pike for Weather Oaks Game Calls and what all you guys are going to be doing? And when are we hunting together? That's the big question. It's like, when are, when are we going to connect and get out and shoot some turkeys? Sure. Uh, the most important thing first, you tell me, man. We'll, uh, we'll plan a hunt together and... You know, we missed out yet last year or this year trying to get one together, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely make it work. That's uh, that's our bread and butter time. So Heck yeah, that sounds good. I uh, we'll get that to work. I put in for for uh, you're in zone two, right? Correct. Okay, so I put in for season A in zone two, but we'll see what I get, and then I'll grab whatever whatever I can. Usually, I can get. So my first year in Wisconsin, actually, I got a D, E, and F for zone two. Last year, there was not a D left by the time I got, you know, trying to make the purchase. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, we'll we'll definitely try to do that. What do you guys have coming up with, like, calls and stuff? You got anything new coming out for this year that you can start to talk about? And when can folks start to, you know, get their hands on some of these calls as people start to, you know, shift from deer hunting into thinking about turkeys? Sure. Yeah, um, we, we haven't posted anything yet, but um, I know you were, you got one of our um, new calls for next year to try out we're doing a, a dual-sided call um it's gonna have glass or crystal on top and slate on the bottom so it's two two different sounds in one call um so that's what we're launching this year we got a bunch of blanks turned out but nothing's been assembled yet we're gonna try to get some at least a smaller batch or maybe do a pre-order for uh for like a black friday sale or something um to get some of those up and going but if not they'll, they'll be up on the site and everything will should be wrapping up, you know, beginning part of January. We try to have a lot of our calls done for the year. Um, so yeah, that's, that's our new and exciting call coming out this year. And like I said, you used it this season and said you had some success and some, you liked it quite a bit. So that's always promising. Yeah, it, man, it was awesome. So yeah, I had the dual sided call and I, I don't know what the top surface, I mean, I'm not a, an aficionado. Uh, I can't remember what the top surface is, but it's got the slate underneath and just has a, a great, great sound. Like it was just fantastic, basically waterproof. I mean, it was, it was just so cool to be able to, you know, use it. We were out on a, I, I had a one moment when I was out on a really, you know, damp morning and I pulled it out and I had grabbed the wrong striker. And so I couldn't really get a lot of sound out of it. So then I had to switch the striker and I was like, Oh, okay, there we go. Like we're good now. So I'd, I'd grab the striker for the other, <laughs> other call in my pouch, but, um, Anyway, yeah, man, I advise everybody, if you're uh, looking for some good slate calls this year, go check out weatheredoaksgamecalls.com. And uh, Matt, thanks for coming on. Good luck to you this afternoon, and I'm looking forward to seeing the deer that you put on the ground. <laughs> thanks, man. You're uh, you're more optimistic than I am, but I like it. <laughs> Do, okay, last question. Last question. Do you feel like your odds just plummet after that opening weekend, or do you still think there's a chance? On the property that I'm hunting currently, there is just as good of a chance opening day as there is 
this is the last Sunday of the gun season. So. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yep. All right. Sweet, man. Well, good luck to you, brother. Thanks for coming back on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. That's all for this week's episode. If you dig this podcast, be sure to go and subscribe wherever you find your other podcasts. If you would, please go leave us a five-star review. I'd very much appreciate it. You can follow along with all my outdoor adventures on Instagram at the Wisconsin Sportsman. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Deer Lab. Please go support the brands that support this show. And until next time, make sure to take the time to get outside and enjoy the incredible natural resources that are ours as Wisconsin sportsmen. Sportsmen.